are there any bitter feelings in you that you didn't win any of the costume of the three I am prizes very, in the costume I'm contest very, you didn't I'm, win? I'm very butthurt I didn't win. I'm sorry about that. There was the most creative, best overall, and most inappropriate, which I should have announced that earlier because we didn't really have anyone that was very inappropriate. We had somebody with a shark for a dick. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Actually, I don't know how... He did, who won that most? He, he 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 won that. Robert didn't win that one. Yeah. Okay. We so one of our friends <laughs> came and he. It was a family costume. His wife, I don't remember what what she had on, but the daughter had a little shark outfit, and then Robert, had, our friend, had a outfit on that was supposed to look like. Like it had fake legs, and it made whoever was wearing it look like they're riding a shark, and all it did was make Robert look like he had a shark penis. Well, the thing is, is like, like Robert's got this very, I want to put it very nicely, this very oblong, amorphous body. Okay. And a little lanky. Yeah. He's a gangly self. Yes. And he, every year he tries to wear a onesie costume and every year it it's more either more awkward for us or... <laughs> you know, more disturbing for us, you know, so this year was the, the shark penis. Yeah. And when we say shark penis, the head of the shark was by his groin and it just looked like his penis was a shark's head. And when he sat down, it was even better because yeah. it would raise up. And so we'd all be talking at the table and maybe having, having a somewhat serious conversation. And then you just, your eyes kind of look down at a, a shark erection essentially yeah so he yeah. won that uh i not to brag but i won most creative as my post malone outfit which if you go to our instagram you can see croiler as rick sanchez from rick and morty and me as post malone and you even had you were excited about yours because you had a little uh portal gun I had, i'm still playing with a portal gun yeah, throughout the night, you just kept <laughs> it's hearing... It's in the car right now. And yeah. Croyler would just be shooting his gun, which projected a portal onto whatever surface you pointed It literally did project the portal in the wall. Yeah, and he got so drunk at one point, he tried to run through that portal, and he I, ran I, through I my drywall. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been, been an event. That's right. Uh, oh, today's episode is brought to you by Paul Elliott Port. Drink this when you want to feel like a classy gentleman. I can say we're pretty much sponsored by him at this point. Like, we should expect more of these That's bottles. true. Paul Elliott, a black belt from Pennsylvania. Mm-mm. Oh, no, sorry, New York. Upstate New York. Upstate yeah. New York. Is, he, he comes down to our school to visit, and Corler will go up there sometimes. And Paul Paul's a cool guy. Very smart, funny, quirky. We always have good conversations with him. And he also makes his own wine. Yeah. And, and I'll be visiting him here pretty soon. And when are you going up there? It is, let's see, I got to check the calendar. What's what's the name of his school? It's American Top Team. And then he also has a blog. Right, called Simple BJJ, I believe. I think his brand is Simple BJJ. Yeah, check him out on Facebook. Um, yeah, and I'll be I'll be there November 23rd. When you're there, Paul, if, if you could, as our sole sponsor of the show, <laughs> send down more... Well, no, he, he, can't, he can't give it to me because then I'll have to check my backpack and it becomes a thing. Oh, I thought you no, were driving. No, no, I'm flying. Yeah, no, but, but okay. I'll, I'll pay for the shipping cost. Paul, thank you again. And if this show suffers in quality, it also is because of Paul.
Welcome to episode 38, the Halloween special. <laughs> Those are bats flying. <laughs> Did you practice that shit? That no. was really good. Uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> did, oh did, my did god! You, I, that's why you ducked and like brushed at your ears. Oh my god! This is the Halloween special, the Halloween spooktacular, the one that will make you run away in terror do you feel the intimidating darkness that this episode is bringing with it <laughs> i'm st- i'm terrified i'm oh. terrified <laughs> i i i tried to hire a guy to come play the organ the the whole episode so we as we talked you just hear that doesn't sound like an organ but no you, you were doing so good with sound effects and then thanks just not yeah uh, okay music isn't my strong suit but an organ you know what that sounds like uh <laughs> the best part about the bad sound yeah. effects was the hand motion <laughs> <laughs> oh well today's episode is a halloween special what is a halloween special you ask well we're gonna do we're gonna address two topics today and we're gonna wrap those into the theme of halloween and how we're gonna do that is halloween is well first of all do you like halloween do you enjoy it i actually do enjoy halloween one of your favorite holidays yeah I think it's it's turned into one of my favorite holidays. Yeah. yeah, as a kid, I mean, it was it was okay. I enjoyed it, but I think as an adult, it just gives you an excuse to just be stupid and dress up with your friends. Yeah, cover right. yourself in tattoos. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, so this episode, we are. I, I was thinking about all right, Halloween. What is what is Halloween? And to me, it's a time to. I mean, it's all about tricking. It's about uh, being being uh, not deceitful, but being playful, messing around with people, hiding, uh, trick or treat. That's mischievous. what mischievous. You're like Loki kind of, you're like the right. God, you're the trickster. Right. Yeah. And so as I thought of that, I'm like there, how does that apply to jujitsu? And there are a couple categories. The first thing that popped in my head was Halloween. You wear masks in jujitsu. Sometimes people try to wear masks in the way that they roll. They try to roll or behave in a way train in a way that it doesn't really suit their strengths it, it doesn't it's not the most efficient way to use the the talents that they have because everyone is good at something when they right. come in right but i mean well not everyone you've seen kip and paul roll but that's a whole nother yeah. story i mean it only thing worse is their podcast so i know right uh, did we ever say congratulations to paul for his purple belt Oh yeah, I guess I guess it's it's. We're con- really late on that. Yeah, but congratulations. But I mean, I was up there. That's true. I threw him pretty hard, but I didn't. Yeah, congratulations, Paul. It's been been about a month now. Yeah, congratulations. We just wanted to say that before you got your brown belt in ten, twelve, fifteen years. Yeah, and and yeah. Yeah, and, and so yeah, the, the, <laughs> we're getting to today. We're gonna first start by talk start by talking about people who start jujitsu or train jujitsu and they're they're just trying to be something they're not now when i think of this a prime example would be a a guy who comes in and is a big strong guy who starts rolling with a lot of times uh, i'm rolling with a big strong guy and then they try to be quick and try to match my speed and they try to be like the speedster and go, okay, all right, here's, you're moving fast. I'll move fast. That's just what I do. And rarely does that go 
well for people when they're trying to it'd be like me rolling with someone and trying to just smash through a bigger stronger guy it, it doesn't yeah. have a good end result most of the time well it happens in you know that phenomenon of acting like something you're not doing a role happens all the time in all sorts of levels i mean the the physical attribute to physical attributes definitely one one great example but we can even go as shallow as how many people have come in saying that they're going to be world champions or ufc fighters or you know whatever, or already whatever. say that they are a right. like like highly respected martial artist right i mean we've seen people do that i've had black i've had people claiming to be black belts come into my school to only find out later that they self-awarded, you know? So like, yeah, there's people deceiving themselves all along the way. And I'm not saying those people couldn't achieve those things. I'm just saying that the facade doesn't need to be there. I mean, is there any time where that, where that helps you? I mean, I guess it would help in the, in the way of when you see the guy who gets to the top and he's sitting there going, everyone said I couldn't do this when I started off and said I'd be the best. When you see that guy actually at the, at being the best, you think, oh, that's nice. He, he he was determined. But if you see the guy who just walks, he would be so annoying the first day he started and said, I'm going to be the best here. Like, All right, buddy. That's what everybody says. So some people will claim that and they'll, they'll turn words into reality. But the vast majority of people don't, can't, mm-hmm. won't. And, and, you know, it's not that I don't wish well on those people, but... For, for anything that, that you want to be successful, you got to put in your dues. You can't mm-hmm. just wake up one day and say, I'm going to be this. Or, or even worse, to your example, come into the class and not only tell us that they're going to do something along those lines, but believe that they're, they can will it into reality without the work being put into it. You know, We'll talk physical, but as far as a, like a, a front you put on, there is one way where I see it being helpful, and that's when you can put on a mask of someone who is in control and compo- like has composure when you're maybe in a really bad position and spot. Yeah, and, and some people thrive in that chaos. Mm-hmm. Well, but even if you are, like I think we've <sighs> all been in a position where we are, someone might have a, be very close to a submission and you think, all right, when you're when you're new the first thing you do is you just like wildly try to get out and then i started to notice the good guys victor has done this a ton i'm sure you i'm sure you well you haven't done this to me because i'm sure i probably haven't gotten that close to tapping (laughs) you but but like victor sometimes we'll roll and then i when we're done he'll go hey you were close on that tap there and i go seriously yeah you didn't do like you were you didn't react. He goes, well, that, yeah, because if I did, you would know that you're close. And so that's, I think, a thing. Well, yeah, there, there's obviously something to be said about being a stoic. Oh, yeah. And so that is a way of kind of deceiving your partner and putting that mask on that is very helpful. Yeah, or people that believe themselves so much that they can, just their intensity can cause people to react poorly to it, you know, and then they can win on just sheer intimidation. Like someone who has like grit and toughness just says they, where most people might get to a point and say, I, I, they got me. I can't get past this. No, no grit, grit comes out of experience. You know, I'm talking more about, let's say, let's say you're going to grapple, grapple, um, Hajar Gracie. So if you're going to grapple Hajar, are you going to beat him? 
I mean, the sheer reality is not even if she was drunk, drugged, and tied, right? And you started with the rear naked. So, um, and it's not offense to you. I'm just complimenting no, Hajar. The only chance I'd have is if, as we were walking to meet in the middle of the mat, like one of the wrap beams in the ceiling like gave right. way and just like knocked him out. Right. So there's two ways you can go about it, right? You can say, hey, I get to grapple with Hajar Gracie, one of the best of all time. I'm going to learn as much as I can. I'm going to see how he's moving. I'm going to feel how he rolls so that I can replicate and do that later. Right. That's a smart bet. You know, take what he, what you can take from the match, which is just the sheer experience and the feeling of how somebody at that level grapples. And then there's the other side that says, well, fuck him. I'm going to, I'm going to beat him. I'm going to come out and I'm just going to do everything, throw everything I got at him. Now, with Hajar, it probably won't matter because the dude is more stoic than anybody else. But imagine it's not Hajar. Imagine it's just somebody who maybe it's a little bit better than you. And you come out very, very intense, very, the pace that you set, the how you're treating him, like you're not overly respecting him. And all of a sudden, you make him out ahead. Like a great example of this was Craig Jones versus Leandro Lowe, ADCC 2017. Um, that was the first time we saw Craig Jones in the, you know, the big stage and he was a nobody at the time. I mean, he, he won a few tournaments here and there, but nothing, nothing crazy. And he fought, um, Leandro Lowe, who was a defending champion at that weight class at the time. And he not only beat Lowe, he choked him in like four and a half or five minutes. And you could see that he just didn't care. He didn't give a shit that this was the reigning defending champion, multi-time world black belt champion, Gi and Nogi. He just said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm Craig Jones. <laughs> and, and you could see, there's a moment where you see um, Lander Lowe crack. Like he cracked in that match. He tried passing his guard. He couldn't, and, and Lander Lowe is one of the best guard passers there is. And, and he tried passing Craig Jones guard and he just he, he couldn't do it he couldn't find a way and, and and it's about a three to three minutes to three minutes and 45 seconds you see it like he disengages from Craig Jones guards and he sends up and he walks around the match and he does this all the time so I didn't think much about it except this time he's like he's looking around right he's thinking I have a much more dangerous fighter right now in front of me I was not expecting it and I look like an idiot, right? And, and you, you could visibly. Oh see yeah, that. absolutely. Because then he tried engaging, and Jones like basically scrambled to his back and choked him, rear naked choked him. And no offense to Greg Jones, at that time he just didn't have that caliber. He's gotten way better over the past two years, but at that time he hadn't. He he shouldn't have ever beaten, you know, Landerlo. I'd be curious if Craig Jones was. If he actually was not intimidated by Lowe, or if he just was able to put a face on and it was a well, front. I think, I think he put a face on because uh, he went on and he fought Wagner Rocha, I believe. No, or Santana. He fought Santana, Murillo Santana, um, after that match. It's sad that I still remember the order of the matches. but <laughs> I, I don't think anyone's surprised to hear that. <laughs> but he fought Santana next, and Santana was also a much higher caliber grappler than he was, and I think Jones tapped him in like under two minutes, under a minute even, I think. Um, but, and then he lost, right? So, um, but he, uh, there was an interview he did right after for, for, for Flow Grappling where they asked him, 
what it was like to grapple Leandro Lowe, you know, how was it, you know, not just grappling with him, but overcoming and how he could do that, you know, and all this stuff. And he said that about a year before that event, he happened to send for a tournament that Braulio um, was in. I think it was Braulio. Yeah, I think it was Braulio. And he, uh, he said that he went out there to compete against, I think, Braulio. And he was so intimidated. He was so starstruck. Like, this is Braulio. You know what I mean? Like, this guy is like the Braulio Estima and he went out there and he said that he got beat and he left the match and he wasn't upset that he lost the match. He upset on how he lost the match because for him, he was like, I didn't do shit. Like I didn't do any of my game. I didn't get into my techniques. I didn't do my combo because I was concerned about who that guy was. So he's like, I told myself before ADCC 2017 that I don't give a shit who, who comes out. I'm going to do me. And you know what? It worked. And he was able to put on that, that face and believe in himself and push through it. When's the last time that you felt almost intimidated or starstruck or just kind of paralyzed by the uh, esteem that you placed on someone, whether it was a competition or just rolling in a gym? I don't know. Um, it used to happen all the time. Like when I was like a teenager and stuff, um, you know, I, I've gotten to the point I, that I, I couldn't tell you when it was the last time, not because I haven't grappled great guys or because, you know, I, I, because I've lost or not lost, that, that has nothing to do with it. But it came down to a point that I looked at it as an exchange, right? So if I have an exchange with a certain person and I win, means what I'm doing is correct and I can continue to do those things because it's working. And if I have an exchange with somebody and it's a poor exchange and did not turn out in my favor, then I can improve on that. I know what I need to work on. And once I looked at it that way, then the person just became a vessel for for me to improve. Now, in, if we kind of step back to the idea of putting a having a calm demeanor and trying to mask whatever anxiety or turmoil is going on inside you, putting a calm face on, how do you get to a place where you can do that? What do you have any tips for people who, when, when they're rolling, they may be in a bad spot, but they, the best thing for them to do is, is to not let their opponent know. How do you hide something like that and not let panic set in? Well, it's a variety of things. Or even if it sets in, how do you just keep a calm face? Well, I think I think um, it comes down to a few things. If you, I, the first thing is to breathe, like learning to breathe. Um, I just came back from Ireland with my cousin Kawan up there, and she did a, a movement class. In her very first movement class, she talked about breathing, and she said something that is very very true. She said, "Our instinct is to inhale all the time." never to exhale and maybe we should exhale more often and she's like think about times where you're scared or frightened or surprised or excited you take a deep breath and you hold that's not functional right <laughs> and it's true it's not the functional thing too so when we're grappling and panic is setting in we have a habit of pulling air in but never out that's why like they give you the brown bags right so you can it forces you to push air out um so it's it's I think that the, the most important thing is to take a deep breath, to let the air out, you know, understand that you're not dying, that none of this 
this is just a session to improve. It's not anything other than that. And it's one of those things where being at the right presence, the right state of mind. So, you know, it's often easy to think what's going to happen if I tap or, you know, what are people going to think if I tap to this person or, you know, what happens if, if I don't tap, right? Instead of focusing on the problem at hand, what is the problem at hand? The problem at hand is you're in a very tough spot, but there's got to be a way out of this puzzle, you know, but oftentimes we focus on everything else. Someone's doing yard work right now, and I thought I was going to say it's late, but it's only 6.45. I can't see where he is, so I don't know if he's going to get closer <laughs> or farther away. Well, just put on your post-melon outfit and head out there. That's so right. To get the hell out of the yard. Well, my apologies to people listening. If you hear in the background, someone's doing yard work. It's really the sound effect for like a serial killer. You know? Oh, that would be great if, oh, how good would that be if I was playing this up as if it's someone uh, doing like yard work and then a guy popped around the window with a chainsaw right. and then you just screamed. I don't know. You I just don't, went, I don't ah! scream. And I, I had to be like, Corler, settle down, settle down. We were just talking about being a stoic. I'm like one of the most stoic persons out there. I know it's kind of annoying because one thing I like to do is scare people. And <laughs> there were a couple of times in Europe where I, knew, I thought, I'm going to hide behind this corner. He's not even expecting it. <laughs> or he's walking out of the shop and I'm just going to jump out and rah, scare him. And I'm not sure if I got a flinch. That, that is someone who you, likes. You know what you've just done, right? What's that? All these strangers listening to us. Right, uh-huh. they're gonna start trying to scare me. It'll be those things like I'm out in a seminar. I haven't even met these people, and they're gonna oh, be yeah. like acting weird around me. Good. If you no. can get a video of you startling, <laughs> startling Croiler, I will. I, I I don't know. I mean, send it to me, and I'll I'll praise you on this podcast, and I will. Or Croiler will fly you out to. <laughs> Why me? To <laughs> I'm not flying anybody out. <laughs> All right, fine. Our sponsor, Paul Elliott, will fly someone out here. And and he'll send wine with him. Yeah, so guys, you have no reason to not try and scare him other than he might try to hurt you. (laughs) So we've been talking about putting putting a front on emotionally. What about um, if you're putting on a a style or a whole way of training that doesn't suit you? So um, it happens all the time. What are some of the most common situations you see that would fit under this umbrella oh man um it's like a it's one of three it's trying to be faster than people trying to be stronger than people or trying to be faster and stronger than people and then there's a fourth one which is like the stupid choice if this is a multiple choice is thinking that you're immune to jujitsu. That's the that's the the last choice. Oh, hold on. let's do that one. Oh God. Okay. What when you when you think of this one? What's the kind of person that you think of? These are the people that tend to be a little bit more egocentric. Um, I'm not saying that they're uh, selfish or, or um, you know, they're not self-aware. Yes, I don't think they're self-aware. I think that they think highly of themselves. And I think that they're not aware of how it causes them to behave. And they probably get away with it in normal everyday life because people just don't want to deal with them. But when you're grappling and you're caught, you can't just will your way out of an arm bar. Like you can't will your arm 
from not breaking like it'll snap <laughs> yeah that's the kind of person who will tap and then go oh man i gave you that one i, I just kind of i i messed or, up or and, if i wasn't tired or, yeah yes if i wasn't tired man if i could punch you right there yeah i've had all sorts of all sorts of you know encounters like that and do you have success stories with that type of person um I, i'm yet to have somebody that was true like a true like i believe i'm immune to jujitsu kind of guy survive um i've had a couple guys that stayed for a long period of time but generally speaking in in my school that kind of mentality doesn't survive either you fall in line or you you know excuse yourself and i'm not saying that because i kick people out i've done it but usually they leave on their own they leave because um what's the word i'm looking for the the it's very painful right if you if you come in and let's say they grapple with you they see a, a guy who's not as tall as they are who's not as big as they are and then you tap him five times right and even if they're tough enough to hang out and go you know what i don't know the game i'm gonna learn and i'm gonna beat his ass right that becomes the mission but the reality is just like they're getting better so are you mm-hmm. so it takes them 10 times longer to catch up to you because you have a head start right now eventually they could get close enough to give you trouble but but you're still going to have a lead on experience and time and so on so can you imagine for years coming in thinking that you have to be this specific person and every goddamn exchange you lose to them it's painful and it's like the uh, like the image of you see someone like sitting on a horse and the horse has a carrot that's dangling in front of front of its face and it's always chasing right that carrot but the carrot's moving at the same pace as it is so they never actually meet up right well eventually they would technically speaking they would because the 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 the, the gap remains the same but the disparity in knowledge decreases okay right I actually just wrote an episode um, for the grappling dads where we discussed that where if you know five techniques now and I know 20 right I know four times as much in five years you may know 500 techniques and I may know 515 techniques right so the gap is still just 15 techniques long but that means much less later but the problem is is the daily beatings until that happens right right can your ego take that and if your ego is healthy enough to take that then you're not the guy who's coming in thinking you're into jujitsu. So if we move to in one of the other archetypes you put together, you said, let's pick the guy who is a big guy who's trying to go fast. Now, it makes me think of something we always joke about with you. You always say you think you're a little guy. I think I'm You roll guy. like a little guy. I do. What is the difference between being a large guy who rolls like a little guy and being a large person who is not rolling how they should be oh boy um okay so as a big guy if you're to describe me in physical attributes in terms of athleticism strength speed explosiveness agility flexibility where do i fall in line go you're flexible keep going you're strong sure you can be very heavy you're deceivingly fast I am deceivingly fast. On the mat. On the mat. <laughs> Absolutely, on the mats. Right. You're agile, fast, nimble when you're rolling. Correct. 
real life. <laughs> You're like Hodor. <laughs> oh, no. So, so realistically, I may be strong to you, mm-hmm. right? I, I am, you know, about 100 pounds bigger than you. But um, for guys my size, I am not in any shape or form strong, right? You get a... You, you get guys like like Chris Howe, Dr. Howe's brother. I mean, he is like, you know, he could probably bend a crowbar in half. You know, I, I grapple with big guys all the time. And like every time I'm like, man, these guys are fucking animals. Um, in terms of, of big guy attributes, I, I may be strong, but I'm not, you know, comparatively strong to the guys my size. Mm-hmm. But to the guys my size, I am very fast i'm very agile I'm, I'm very acrobatic nimble like you put it right but i also lack the big guys you know attributes so i'm an exception to the rule into where i may look one way but my my, my athletic uh, attributes are shifted in a different kind of way so with the guy who is a big strong slow guy who is trying to if you if you if you talk about like your typical stereo, like your stereotype big guy, mm-hmm. strong, heavy, slow moving, mm-hmm. right? If you say, what is the difference between them trying to go fast and me trying to go fast? Well, them, we know now you can do that, but they may say, well, that's because you probably started out just like me and you tried to go fast and eventually you learned how to do it. Right. So shouldn't I do that? No. Okay. Because... Like you, like you're a naturally fast guy. And and um, while I'm a big guy and I'm fast for a big guy, ultimately, in terms of speed, you will ultimately surpass me. Even if I manage to keep up, your body, because it's a smaller body, is will operate at that speed much more efficiently than I would at my size, right? The same way that if you try to be strong with a guy who's really strong, you're you can keep up for a while, but eventually your strength will fade or it just won't be sufficient, right? And and for them it won't be a big deal, mm-hmm. you know. So it, it becomes t- terms of like body efficiency, you know. Um, you're pretty flexible too, but take a take somebody like Roy. Who, who is not very flexible, right? Super strong. I mean, he's probably been lifting weights forever. He was probably born strong as a big guy, mm. but he's not flexible, right? Now, can you imagine him trying to do... Like an omoplata? Well, well like, like trying to, to add flexibility to his movement. He would look very stiff, very slow, very awkward because his body doesn't move that way. Now, he could work. He could build that, that flexibility, but it's not natural to them. Now, if you're just starting and you're like, man, I need to be strong like that guy, like the big guy over there. I need to be flexible like the small guy over here. I need to be fast like that guy over there. And you try to do that. You're, you may not be operating your body in an optimal level, you know, in, in, in where it's built to do. And, and not saying that you can't improve, you work out, you eat well, you do certain types of, you know, activities, you could build those muscles up, but some people are just born strong and it doesn't matter how much you lift, they're going to be stronger than you. So are you saying that for you, you were just, you started off fast and flexible and that's why you're able to do this. So I, I think I was born that way. Okay. So your advice would be to someone then who is 
bigger trying to be fast, flexible, uh, don't do it. No, uh, I, that's that's a, that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like so, like I worked on becoming strong. Right, there was a time period where I lifted a lot, and I got I got it was like there was a point where I I ballooned up to like two eighty five, and it was I was I had was a brown belt maybe a, maybe just got in my black belt i don't remember it was i was working out with this guy john mohan i was lifting all the time um took I, a lot of like testosterone and no. a lot of anabolics i remember man you, you looked like bane from the cartoon <laughs> no i felt like it though yeah but no i it was the first time that when i grappled somebody i when i grabbed them i felt like i could just move them like not technically just pick their entire body up and move them where i wanted to um and I, and I worked to build that. And, but with that increase in strength, I lost agility, I lost flexibility, endurance dropped. So I had to lose that weight again. Did and it like throw your game out of whack? Kind of like some, it wasn't fitting I, like I it should I couldn't have. move like, the, like I wanted to, or at least not prolonged, right? So my, my exchanges were not as smooth because as my energy burned faster, my technique wasn't as crisp, you know? And, and, and my advice to people is understand your body, learn where what your strengths and weaknesses are right i'm a fast guy i'm a strong guy i'm flexible whatever they are understand them and understand that at the end of the day none of that shit matters right what it comes down to is how good technically speaking are you like you know is your technique good are you combining attacks are you smooth are you your timing as well and then when all things are equal right you find yourself finding somebody that's exactly the same technical level as you, then you need to start, you need to be very aware of your body and understand how you can play a game that takes the match where your strengths will matter, right? So you're a guy who's fast and nimble. You have no place, you know, playing a game like North and South, right? Because that's a game where you need to hold somebody down and look for a submission. You almost pin them, you know? You, you will be better off in positions where you can, quote unquote, create a scramble, but you're not creating a scramble. You're just allowing them to move in the way that benefits you. And, and because you're naturally faster, beating them on that, on that scramble. Mm-hmm. Right? But to do that, your technique level has to be high. Right. So if we transition then from there over to the person who is naturally fast and like the the acrobat is what I like to think of. Sure. When they start off, I, like I, I think this a lot of times when I start off on, starting off the way we start off in most roles is sometimes disadvantageous for someone like me because I have to start on my ass because if I start on my knees and they start on their knees, it becomes this like upper body exchange sure. where I am usually not going to, win that upper body exchange because it's different from if we were standing up if we're standing up i can move around a lot but then when i see that's that's fight iq is understanding your body i'm a fast guy i may not be the strongest guy but i'm a fast guy i'm nimble i know i can beat them on these exchanges i just need to be able to move Hmm. when you're not allowed that then you have to adapt for you and be sitting in your butt so you can use your agility in a different way okay so for, for someone who then comes in and they start off going 
I, I, I'm smaller than these guys, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna wrap up. We're gonna like grab. We're gonna go risk control. I'm gonna try to grab their necks while we're here on our knees, and I'm gonna try to like throw them around, and then I'm gonna try to blast through that person, and then they try to do that, and the Doesn't person work. just tosses them to the side or tosses them down. Yeah, I mean, one if they're just lacking technique, it's just never gonna work. Period. But let's say even if they had a little bit of technique, right, or the technique level is comparable it's still not going to be one of those things where you're using your, your physical attributes the correct way. Mm -hmm. You know, um, do you see as many small guys trying to power their way through things? Oh, absolutely. Okay. There's a lot of guys that have little man complex. Yeah. And they the will try to fuck is that supposed to be saying I do. Uh, I winked at you, didn't I? <laughs> Cue the chainsaw guy. Go. <laughs> no, it's one of those things where you know, have you have you ever um, maybe I mean maybe not. I don't. I've I've had a couple guys that like I've grappled against that are far smaller than me. That I thought, okay, they're gonna be super super fast, right? And then they weren't. They were like moving like through molasses, but they were like retard strong, and it was one of those small things. guys. Yeah, I've, oh. I've had a couple guys that they're like they move slow, but they're like a train. You know, they just it's hard to stop them. They're just built that way. So again, just like me being a big guy who's more on the nimble side, there are small guys who are strong, but that's not normal. It's not the average. Mm -hmm. right? The average is you are right that there's a lot of little guys who think that they're the strong version of the little guy and they're not. Right. Much like there's big guys who think that they're the nimble version of the big guy who are not. To those guys who may think my best path forward is just to like push through and I can I can compete with them on the strength level do you tell those guys hey just uh I, I'm sure you wouldn't say hey move fast how, what do you how do you explain to them that they're on the wrong path or they're not fighting to their strength well I, I explain to them in the way that I explain to anybody technique wins right technique is king so when it comes down to it it's not about being how fast or how strong you are. It's about being it's about being how technically proficient you are. And and I tell people all the time, hey, focus less on your physical attributes and more on your technical issues, right? And and the reason for that is one, it helps people to stop buffering crappy techniques. It also allows people to learn a game that is unbiased by physical performance, right? How strong they are today may shift over time. How flexible I am today will change over time. So if your game relies solely on a specific physical attribute or a set of them, and as life goes on, that changes, you may be lost. We were going to do a second part, which was about like distractions and uh, baiting people, but we're getting towards the end of this episode and I think we could spend a lot of time on that. So I don't want to, yeah, we can, we can do a whole different episode. On that. Yeah. I don't want to do, do it in just like, all right, let's do it in 10 minutes now. So we'll just, we will just make our whole Halloween episode about this specific topic before we we're done with that. Anything you want to add about finding yourself, taking off the masks and embracing <laughs> your true self with Croiler Gracie. Wow. I, I feel dirty if I, you know, start talking now take it all off strip down naked do your oh, bare self damn. with okay so we're gonna move on <laughs> <laughs> no um 
I would say if you really want to be good at jiu-jitsu, right? If you really want to be at the best version you could be on the mats, whether that be a competitor, an instructor, a student, a fighter, whatever, okay? Um, the best thing you can do for your jiu-jitsu is focus on yourself technically first. You can work out all you want. You can eat as healthy as you want. You can do anything that you think will benefit your training as an added benefit, you know, as a, as a bonus. But at the end of the day, the main focus should never be to get stronger or to get faster or to get uh, more agile. The, the goal should always be to just become better, technically speaking, right? If you get better technically, then, you know, everything else that you, you're doing that it's extra is just a bonus. Wow, well, potent knowledge from Rick Sanchez himself. <laughs> now, to close out... Let's stick with the Halloween theme, and I'm going to pose a question to you, a hypothetical. Okay. I like how you stretch. Like, every time we we move on to the last segment, <laughs> you always take like, a deep breath and stretch, like, oh, here we go. Yep. Um, I don't know what's coming, but something's coming. So, if you had at your disposal unlimited resources, what would you be for Halloween? Unlimited resources. You could... You could call every single special effects studio uh, makeup artist in Hollywood and say, Oh man, that's a good one. I'm flying you out here and you guys need to make this for me. Man, that's, that's a really good one. See, the thing is, you have the whole day to prepare for this. Like, I come into this cold. Yeah, th this part, when I prepare something like this, you are, you're, you're kind of on the, you're having to improvise. And that's, that's when you are at your best. <laughs> is that right? It is, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm going to have to really think about that. All right. I'll give you a couple of mine while you're thinking. Okay. I think my first my first one, because if I have unlimited resources, I'm going to say, listen, guys, I set up like four different Halloween parties I'm going to. I'm going to, I'm going to have like costume changes for each one. Okay. This just meant you couldn't pick one, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's probably it, too. I, my, I think my first one would be movie quality Spider-Man costume. But not just a Spider-Man costume. It would be, I don't know if you ever saw in, let's say, like the animated cartoon in the in the 90s, there, there was a series where he turned into, I think they called him Man-Spider. And the end product was he turned into a big spider. But I always thought the coolest part was when he, in between, had... Three uh, arms on each side. Three arms on each side. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah I know exactly what you're talking about. So I would have them make me a Spider-Man costume where I could trigger whenever I wanted I would go oh and I like hold my sides and stare like oh god and then these these two extra arms on each side would like come out from wow. my sides and they could move with my arms I don't have to it's on them how to figure out how that works oh, okay so it could be an almost like a magical type of thing uh, not magical because I'm sure there's a way they could oh, okay. maybe right. have them connected to my actual arms somehow. So when I move my actual arms, gotcha, those gotcha. move. Like that would be one. Doctor Manhattan from Watchmen, I think, would be a a fun one to dress up as. Blue paint naked. Well, I, blue paint and naked, I could do. <laughs> if I have if I have everything at my disposal, I would want some type of. Maybe it'd have to be a radioactive paint that glows, and it would probably give me cancer down the road, but I would be glowing. 
Should I go with the naked Dr. Manhattan or the Dr. Manhattan that has the black high-waisted underwear, like bikini-style underwear? What's HBO doing? Uh, he's not in. They've only had one episode, and he's not in it. Not in the show or not in that episode? The show so far really had nothing to do with any of the original characters. It's it's kind of starting off all on its own. Oh, okay. Right. But, well. you know, I'd, I'd hang dong. I, I'd yeah, go. I see you, I can see you doing that. Yeah. And because I have the best prosthetics at my disposal, I would... You ensure I, I, a certain look. Yeah, I would go for a certain aesthetic. Yeah, that, I get it. I get it. All right. <laughs> yeah. My last idea was, I do like the Russian, like the Russian dolls that there's one in the other. Or there's like one it's inside a, one. It's a Matryoshka. What's that? It's a Matryoshka. That's what it's called? Yeah. Is that what you guys named your dog Matryoshka? Yeah, because she looks like her mother. Oh, that's cute. I didn't know that those dolls were called that. So yeah. I'd be in Matryoshka, and so I would start off as a larger human, maybe a large Russian-looking man, and, <laughs> and then as the party... Just keep, keep peeling down. As the party went off, <laughs> I would take... I'd, like, crack that layer off, and there would be another one until the very end, I would, it'd be, like, a frail, naked man underneath. And why do my costumes always end up with me naked? I, 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 I'm, I don't man, know. Whatever. But again, you know, I have the best prosthetics at my right. disposal, so yeah. it still applies there. You know, I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, like what would I what would I do? You know, I'm, I'm horrible with, like, these kinds of creative things. Well, it'd be um, cool if you could go down, like, the Mysterio route, like in the movie, the, like yeah, the most recent. Yeah, I actually movie. thought about that, like, because that would be kind of cool. Like, mm-hmm. I'd be down for it, but not like the geeky version where he's got like the apparatus on his head. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the full cloaked version that can do all that stuff, right? You know, yeah. I don't like Thanos. Thanos would be kind of cool to be Thanos. Yeah, you would make a good Thanos. I think I would. A big, what is he, blue? Or? No, purple. He's purple. Purple, man. okay. Yeah. Colorblind. Uh, <laughs> a big purple Thanos with that weird chin and yeah. a very, it'd be. It would be so great to have a Infinity Gauntlet that right. felt real and heavy and right. had all the gems. Yeah, I, I think I, that, that's probably what I would pick. Or like Dark Side. Okay, Dark Side would be another one that I could I could enjoy too. I thought of one more that I'd be. I would have them make me look just like you. <laughs> Prosthetics, <laughs> so I would look identical to you. I don't care if I'm sitting through 14 hours of makeup. I would show up to the party, like walk me. in just like you. And then I would, I would just do all sorts of things that you'd never do. And people could take pictures, and oh, okay. those pictures would be around, and you... I feel like it's kind of shady. Uh, I, <laughs> again, I, I, I just, that's where my mind goes with, with these things. So maybe you could dress up as me. Maybe I could. Next Halloween. We should do that. Croiler, I would be the most the best dressed guy around, and you wear just sweatpants and a t shirt. I would have to technically, I'd have to kind of go and like, would that be brown face, which I'm not cool with. (laughs) I feel like that's kind of racist. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like you're darker than I am, so I'd I'd have to tan, but that that's not okay. I can't do that. So no, you can't tan. I've seen it. (laughs) Yeah, I physically cannot tan. (laughs) I'm not morally opposed to it. I just cannot tan. I mean, you might die in the process of... Yeah. All right, well, think about it. Next episode, maybe we'll, we'll come back to this and you can tell me what else you thought of. All right, everyone, if you have any recommendations... Oh, before we go, we had one listener email from... Yeah. It, it wasn't a question. It was kind of a question. <laughs> <laughs> this is about to be great. I didn't get this email, so... No, I you did. I did? Okay, yeah. all right. It, it's from uh, Craig. And Craig's, Craig says... Um, he starts his email... 
pays us some some nice compliments and then said the real reason for my email is to ask Croyler if I could use his laugh as a ringtone. <laughs> Imagine how many people would shit themselves every time I got a call. That laugh is so awesome and dark. It should be used as a plus 20 damage roll in one of your D&D adventures. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, you know what, guys? That That's not a bad idea. I would love it if I was sometime, at, if I were at a store and I just heard. <laughs> is that what I sound like? I don't know. It's I that this is coming from the guy who said a, an organ sounded like meh, meh, meh. so <laughs> take what you want. And the guy who had bobby pins in his hair last time. So that, that's true. So yeah, uh, thank you, Craig. And yeah, you. I don't think you've copyrighted your laugh yet, have you? I'm about to now. You're working on it. You've yeah. talked to some lawyers, so yeah. you guys do it now before before you have to pay to download it on iTunes. All right, everyone. That's it for this week. Thank you 